Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, the CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is in the building, and Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, is here to give us the latest updates in the crypto space, so super excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Polygon is growing faster than ever with over 37,000 dApps running on their blockchain. We show our listeners why the largest brands on the planet are choosing Matic. Ethereum's final testnet merge is now live, completing the final step before the ETH network upgrade. VeChain inked a new global partnership, and Ripple is potentially acquiring Celsius, while the Bank of England is removing banknotes from legal tender. Ripple vs. the SEC standoff continues as the CFTC announces the agency is ready to regulate crypto. As power shifts towards these centralized governments, we discuss which projects are set to succeed. BlackRock has launched a Bitcoin spot ETF in the United States, stating they're seeing substantial interest from institutions during this bear market. And as the markets turn bullish, it's time to prepare as our listeners gear up to experience the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So sorry about the technical difficulties this morning, people. I forgot to add a thumbnail to the live stream, but we got Mr. Johnny K in the morning. Mr. Johnny K, what's on your mind, my friend? I see we got so much great news for our listeners, but what are you paying attention to? Yeah, well, first of all, I hope we have them all here. I think half of them are here and half of them are at the other link. Uh, so hopefully they'll figure it out and come on over to this uh, to the new link today. But uh, it's a beautiful day. Life is good. Crypto's booming. So I'm excited. Can't wait to hop in the news. It's so great to be here with our brothers and sisters, Selman and Jackie. Joyful Jackie. So I uh, can't wait to hop right into it, man. Awesome. Selman G, I know you've got some technical analysis for our listeners. We're going to dive into some Chainlink, Polygon, and Quant for everybody out there. But what's on your mind? What are you watching the market this morning? Hey, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I want to say thank you to all listeners again. Crazy people here watching live every single day. And the comments are amazing. And... Um, I mean, I, um, I'm kind of like you know the the bear. Uh, I believe this is a, a rally that has short legs. It's not gonna be a crazy rally. I believe the the markets are getting bullish. The the sentiment is getting bullish really quick. But um, we're gonna discuss that today on the show. We're gonna do some technical technical analysis, and this is gonna be your uh, like a nice opinion or thought that you can take for your. Uh, for your um, game plan or for your decision-making. Awesome. Thank you, Selman. We're going to kick it to Jackie next. Jackie, Johnny Crypto beat you to the live stream this morning, but you still managed to get here on time. Luckily, we had some technical difficulties. How are you feeling on this Thursday? And, and what's on your mind, Jackie? It's a terrible day when Johnny K beats me, so I'm a little down. But I, That's my, every day. My... <laughs> That's every day. <laughs> I know. That is every day. Huh? So my spirits are never crushed um, because I just <laughs> – I'm easily swiping that stuff off. Um, I'm great, guys. I'm excited to get into the news. Awesome. So we're going to dive into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single one of us, and we go live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. 
But we're going to talk about the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index as this thing has been extremely volatile this week. Started off at a 42, went down to a 30. Now we're back up to a 41. And I think it's directly correlated to what's happening in the market today. We are climbing this morning and we're sitting at 1.16 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is 20%. Bitcoin is sitting at $24,400 this morning. And a key level to look for is if we can break that $25,000. We're going to be covering that on this show. Ethereum is $1,900. XRP, $0.38. Cardano is $0.54. Solana, $43. Avalanche, $29. Matic, $0.93. Chainlink is $9. Stellar, $0.12. Algorand, $0.36. And we'll scroll down to Quant this morning as we are sitting at $127. Someone, we know you prepared some technical analysis for us, but what are some of the projects that you're watching? We're going to cover a brand new VeChain partnership. So why don't we start there? I mean, obviously, I I personally believe, you know, X, I'm really focusing on XRP because it, it's been suppressed for a long time now and it can really break that 40 cents, uh, you know, resistance zone. But um, all of a sudden, you know, it could skyrocket. This is why I'm really, really focused on that these, you know, past weeks. Um, and other than that, you know, Quant had a crazy rally and it's still continuing Ethereum, right? It's at 1900. This is insane. So has, um, you know, has performed really, really well the last two months. So, um, yeah, these are like the main currencies I'm focusing on right now, but obviously, you know, Bitcoin is our indicator. We need to see what Bitcoin is doing and the dollar index, all these different, um, data, We need to digest them, analyze them, and then, uh, of course, make a good decision. And we will be diving into that in just a couple of minutes for our listeners. But Mr. Johnny Crypto, you've been saying for quite a while, I think since March, that you were expecting July to be a market bottom, and then we were going to rally up until the end of September. That's exactly what's happening right now. So kudos to you, my friend. What are you watching? And Ethereum's at 1900. Do you have any comments on the the merge? Uh, Mute button, Johnny. Yeah, buy the rumors, sell the news. Don't get too. We might be, you know, we might be at the end of the pump. I mean, just remember now, Ethereum's doubled. It's up a hundred percent. If we we're in the stock market and you made a hundred percent of your money, you doubled your money. You'd be out and you'd be jumping for joy. Now I know crypto, crypto. Everybody's spoiled and wants ten x, but I don't think we're getting a ten x out of Ethereum. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, frankly, to be honest with you, I'm going to keep a very close eye on Ethereum to see how those charts perform. If I see three large green bars, three candles, I'm getting out. But uh, or at least I'll sell half because uh, we've already doubled. I was buying it when it was a thousand, so uh, got to just be a little careful on this one because it is it is on its way. Uh, it's two X already, and I and I think that as I've been saying all along, I thought we bottom in July, and I think we're going to kind of get a nice pump in in August and September. But then in the middle to end of September, they're going to rug it. I don't know exactly when, so I don't want to be holding too deep into September. Um, yeah. So that's Johnny, my some of the things that I've been seeing in the market is people are calling for a $700 Ethereum. If we do go back into a bear market at the end of October, how do you feel about those price targets? Previously, we bottomed out at $890 in July. Do you think we could see lower lows if we do get this massive market correction at the end of October? You know, that's a great question. Um, we'll probably retest probably some of those lows again, maybe even low. Maybe we go 80% of, of where we are right now. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I would definitely expect that the market tends to, when the elites pull their money out and they dump on everybody, right? When the smart money dumps on the dumb money, it usually takes about 80 to 90% of it out. So if you figure we're at 2K right now, you know, and you drop 70% from here, what's that going to put us, you know? Maybe, maybe it puts us around 
600, 800, maybe of a lowish somewhere in that range. I mean, well, I'll defer to someone. He's he's the chart guy, but I would suspect would be somewhere between you know below a thousand. Awesome, thank you, Johnny. And we're gonna hear from Jackie before we dive into our articles for today. Jackie, we're finally getting some bullish price momentum here, and it's a little bit exciting. But I don't want to get too optimistic. How are you approaching some of the bullish price action we're seeing with Ethereum and other major uh, DeFi coins? Yeah, I'm kind of listening um, to my team. I know that they're watching this on a daily basis. I am too, but I, it's good to be surrounded by people who are, you know, really looking at the charts, really looking at the um, macroeconomics, looking at, you know, um, fundamentals, everything like that. So it's really good to get all of their things, get all of their opinions. For me, um, I take things on a macro level. So I, I do think that, you know, that bottom that we saw, we could come back down and retest that and have a double bottom. We see that a ton um, in the market. So that's something that I'm watching out for. Um, I kind of, yeah, I, Johnny's been right so far. So, and a lot of the team has speculated that same thing. So I think that, I think that that's something similar that we will see. Thank you, Jackie. And we're going to dive into some technical analysis for today. As Selman, I know you've prepared a bunch of stuff for our listeners. We're going to dive into some chain links, some polygon, some quant, and of course, Ethereum. So Selman, I'm going to kick it to you and then we'll dive into our articles for today. The floor is yours. Thank you, sir. So we got one um, comment here and I, I absolutely agree. So there is a big ETH merge update coming, right? And it's always buy the rumors, sell the news. And it's a big, big news update. It's not like a random project just you know going doing uh going to do a mainnet no we're talking about ethereum right the mother of all coins so it's super super important that you understand you always want to want to buy the rumors and then sell the news so i want to show you um my screen real quick first of all the dollar index of course pulling back but on the weekly we still got the 21 ema as support it, it worked really well back in you know back last year you know, back in uh, August last year and obviously in January. So we could still see that again and then another rise. So because nothing has changed yet, just because we've seen a decrease in CPI rate doesn't mean, okay, July, June was a peak and now it's uh, finally, you know, it, it was the end game. Now we're going back into uh, recovery. Nope. Energy prices are increasing again and it's just a mess. So for now, even euro against dollar right just a pullback and under a very currently below a very important horizontal from here we might get rejected and the dollar could get even you know uh, become stronger against many currencies so this is also important then of course the 10-year treasury yield you know when the negative gdp report came out uh, a couple of weeks like two weeks ago yep uh people were immediately like scared but what happened the market's uh, you know, observed that, but immediately the price, the news was priced. And, you know, we've seen that uh, quick rally. However, 10 year treasury yield is in a, in an area, which is definitely not sustainable for um, the fed. So they need to raise interest rates, right? We need to bring it lower yields are too high. And that's definitely going to cause a bloodbath in the markets. I want to show you also Apple, one of the like biggest, um, tech uh stocks basically and you see we crossed above a very important trend line however uh what i don't like at all is the fact that we have a um you know bearish divergence here but not only that we are getting closer to a resistance zone we had a very crazy rally this is this was nice 
but at some point with low volume, of course, it might pull back very anytime soon. And then, of course, before I dive into Link, Matic, and Quant, I want to show you this, the Tether dominance, right? The Tether dominance is still like has formed a bullish divergence. We could still go lower, but with the lower lows here on the price chart, in this case, of course, the uh, dominance, uh, momentum and RSI are actually flat. Like that means there is a weak bullish divergence. If I if I go to the shorter time frames, you see there is a way bigger bullish divergence here forming right now for momentum and RSI. And you see the um, you know you see a lower low here, higher low for uh, RSI and momentum. So that this means get ready. This is like the tether dominance could really become bullish again. And if so. That means people are going to sell their assets and move back into stable coins or dollar. And uh, yeah, you know what that means. So now if we focus on link, chain link, for example, beautiful trend, right? It looks like, wow, this is definitely going to go to the moon. But guys, uh, guys, 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 here's the thing. This is the inverted scale. This is the real real one right so this means we are right at resistance right now you see the horizontal this is scaring me a lot why because volume is low and you know that we talked about it multiple times volume in this space is just super low right now that this is why i don't really believe while we're going back into a rally the bottom is in um we, we could go up a little bit more because of the eth merge and overall sentiment in the markets uh, uh, late summer but it's going to be um a, like a big big like we're gonna get a big response from here it's a big resistance zone volume is still low and obviously if you focus on uh, rsi etc currently here on this chart i don't see any uh, bearish divergencies but uh we are pretty much overbought right so on the daily and uh it's a lagging indicator of course we're i mean Lagging Someone, if I could trade. jump in really quickly, I just want to ask yep. our listeners. We got 120 of you out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We had a little bit of technical difficulties this morning. We are going to continue with our technical analysis. But if you could do us a favor, smash that like button and share it so all of our warriors can get hold of this video. I will take responsibility for the technical problems that we had this morning, but I will continue to be consistent. We're going to go right back to Selman. Awesome. Hey, here it is. Matic, right? Matic, crazy bear, bearish divergence. Um on momentum and RSI and guess what guys if you uh, you know zoom in you'll see it's a triple top right volume is low for me personally I I said hey I'm selling here like if if you hold Matic this is the time to sell it went back up but um as long as we sit below one it's always going to be risky we're getting rejected uh, a lot but even if we break above if I don't see crazy amount of volume coming in then for me it's just um yeah, it's a ticking bomb. Uh, this is what I can tell you. But Quant had a perfect rally so far, right? It went up from $40, literally from here all the way up and made 232% increase. And this is crazy. But at some point, if Bitcoin and all of these, you know, become volatile, you can't expect Quant to go like um, to perform another 100 or 200%. So what I would say is volume is getting lower. We got a bearish divergence here as well, RSI as well. It's It tells me that these are ticking bombs. It It's not, of course, I don't mean it's going to go to like $40, $20, something. No, I, I mean like if you're getting in now, watch out. Maybe there's going to be a 20 or 30% pullback, a correction coming anytime soon. 
but um, we need to see, even if we see a pullback, we need to uh, see if we can really hold support above $100. If not, of course, we could go back to $75, which is going to be a good support zone. And uh, Selman, if I could jump in, that would be a blessing. I would love to see a $75 quant because at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get an opportunity to accumulate the assets that we understand. And quant is one that we, especially in our group, have a great fundamental understanding of the real world use case. Quant is going to be used to connect the SWIFT system to the existing blockchain. So it's essential for everyone to move into this global central bank digital currency system. I'm not sure. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but continue, Selman. Sorry about that. No, absolutely. So that's pretty much it, guys. Like, you need to focus on um, these price movements and Johnny Crypto also said it right that we could really see like a little bit of a bully, like a, a bullish rally, um, but uh, don't expect too much and uh, definitely lock your profits or exit and wait on the sidelines, hold cash, accumulate a lot of cash because once it tanks again, and I personally believe we will at some point this fall, um, you should have a lot of cash to go deep and you know invest but of course no fi financial advice all i'm all we're trying to teach you is have a game plan this is the most important thing so i'll kick it over to you Jay. awesome and we're going to go to johnny crypto next but we have 143 live listeners smash that like button this morning we have so much news and we are yet to get into it we're starting off with our first tweet this morning as vitalik buterum wants to make blockchains affordable for everyone envisioning that ethereum's gas fees will between be between 0 0.002 and 0 0.05 cents with the rollups. The current gas rate is over a dollar. Johnny Crypto, how do you feel about these reductions and everything Ethereum is doing, not only behind the scenes, but right in front of our eyes? We're going to get some great price action in September. How are you going to be operating? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is what I've been saying all along, that Ethereum is the only one that's going to kill Ethereum. And if they make all the switches and the merges and they increase the scalability and lower the cost and they can get transaction fees down into the two or five cents then ethereum is going to be the king of the hill um because they're so far ahead of everybody else most of the apps are built on them and then you'll get some of these other players like cardano and solano that'll come in there and play you know and take some of that market share away from them but it'll be it'll they'll be the the, the man they'll be the 800 pound gorilla so uh let's see how that whole thing plays out that's why I'm bringing some Ethereum with me into the future. I'm not selling all my Ethereum. I want to have some of it with me. I do agree with Selman, though, that I think we are having a, I've been saying it all along, we're going to have a short pump, uh, August, maybe September, and then we go down. And you saw it through some of the charts there that it looks like to me, you know, the way these, the alt season kind of, it's like a mini alt season where I think you're going to roll from the different coins. And we're seeing quant pump. And then after that, I think we'll see, you know, when we saw Ethereum, now we're going to see quant. And then hopefully we'll, it'll just, I think, start to go through all of them. But they're going to be mini pumps. We're not going to get these peak pumps. I don't think we're testing any all-time highs on any of these. Let me just be clear. I don't think that's happening. I don't think we're getting anywhere near all-time highs. I think we're going to get 2 or 3x from what the bottoms were in July. And we're already there on some of them. So some of these might already be done. It may be time to get out uh, or at least 50% out. So that's kind of how I'm playing this piece of it, or this next leg. And that's exactly what I think Selman was indicating there, that many of these projects that have done 180, 200% over these last six weeks, they're overextended and we're going to go into a market correction. But how are you operating? Jackie, I'd love to go to you next. We're showing a tweet now talking about how VeChain has announced an integration partnership with US-based logistics software company Orion One Inc. This is very interesting because we've seen time and time again, the partnerships between blockchain companies and Microsoft, 
Now we're getting new data and software companies entering the space and taking advantage of VeChain. What does this say to you, Jackie? And how do you feel about VeChain? I am really bullish on VeChain and I'm really bullish on um, data and software companies, um, especially, you know, blockchains that are kind of in that realm. Um, a lot of kind of currencies that we've talked about on this show before, uh, Filecoin, things like that, things that are able to, you know, have a lot of data storage. Um, it's it's just an absolute necessity as we move into the Web3 space. So as we see, I mean, it's only natural that we're going to see um, these types of partnerships with software companies and things like that that are actually working in Web3. Um, so it's it's much needed. Uh, but I would I would definitely keep my eye out for those types of um, cryptocurrencies that are that are in that realm. Awesome. And we're going to dive into our first article today. We got 156 live listeners. Smash that like button. Breaking news as $10 trillion BlackRock launches an institutional trust for spot Bitcoin exposure. We're going to break down why this is so important. So we actually went to BlackRock's website and highlighted this article talking about the advantages for institutions who are looking to use this fund BlackRock is committed to providing clients with access to their choice of investment opportunities and has launched a spot Bitcoin private trust. Despite the steep downturn in digital market, the digital asset market, BlackRock is see, still seeing substantial interest from some of its institutional clients, and they are looking to take advantage of this major development happening in this asset class. Johnny, we're going to read some direct quotes from this article, but just on a broad news perspective, how do you feel about the fact that BlackRock is one, the first major industry to launch a Bitcoin ETF, and two, the fact that we're finally getting this product? Well, I mean, it's we aren't getting this product, right? This is a private fund that only certain amount of rich people are going to have access to that. Let's let's make that clear first of all, unless if I'm wrong, that's what I believe this is. <clears throat> Secondly, no surprise, Black BlackRock is leading the way. I think we showed that yesterday. <laughs> they own everything. And third, I mean, frankly, I welcome this. I, I don't really care who's doing what, where they're doing it, how they're doing it. None of that shit matters to me. What matters to me is that money is going to be flowing into Bitcoin. That's all I care about. Um, if I, if this is, if, if this is what I'm, if, if I believe what this is, is this is going to be a fund that's going to hold actual Bitcoin and not futures in it. Then to me, that's a good thing for the market. Good thing for Bitcoin to continue to, uh, soak up and absorb a lot of that supply that's out there. I love this quote here that they have from BlackRock. It says, despite the market downturn, we're still seeing substantial interest from some of our institutional clients on how to efficiently and cost-effectively asset access these assets using our technology. One of the things that we talk about every day on our channel is the shift into central bank digital currencies, but there's going to be a shift into using crypto as a separate asset class, which many would call a store of value. Selman, what does this say to you about the mass adoption of Bitcoin and the fact that BlackRock, which currently manages $10 trillion, well, they own Michael Saylor, they own Elon Musk, and they own Mike Novengratz. If you really look at who's investing in these guys, now they're publicly adopting Bitcoin. What does that say to you? Kind of feels like they're going to tokenize Sailor in the future. But hey, um, we have two groups here in crypto. We have the people that want to make money in this uh, space and then people that really um, want to push this uh, and you know become free. They want to create freedom for everybody. And if you have a big player like BlackRock here in the game, of course, you know, this is great to to see price appreciation. It's going to, you know, pump our backs at some point, of course. But um, it's actually against the freedom that we're fighting for because, you know, these big guys and, you know, they're, they own everything and we want to run away from them 
yeah absolutely check this out this is so crazy and um you know we were trying to run away from them and build our own uh, decentralized platform our freedom and then all of a sudden you know we kind of want blackrock to invest in bitcoin because we also want them to pump our backs so you know it's always like that um you know back and forth but uh obviously this is long term gonna uh, be a great deal for price appreciation 100 but then you have to ask yourself are you here to make money or is it for freedom i'm telling you i'm here to make money to build generational wealth i want to take the money and um, invest in other ways to um, actually give back to the community right in a different way be it like big investments in like factories or something in the long run so this you you should have that mentality you have you should have your plan and then like you know blackrock and all these other institutions of course we want them because um i don't care about that freedom aspect of cryptocurrencies i'm here to give back to the people right the people should actually have at least some kind of um some kind of like wealth that they, they, they can build on so yeah Johnny, I would love to have an open debate. We are showing an image on the screen of every single company that is owned or funded by BlackRock, and it's every single successful company in the United States. If you look at the mass marketed companies, whether that's Lowe's, Tesla, McDonald's, Netflix, Walmart, Microsoft, Amazon, PayPal, every single one of those companies is owned and funded by BlackRock. But people are hesitant to say, oh, and BlackRock entering crypto is a good thing. There's separate narratives going on here. One, it's a bad thing because BlackRock entering crypto makes these assets centralized but the positive end of that is that all this new liquidity is going to be coming into the market and everybody who's holding these assets right now is set to profit massively over these next couple of years. So I'd love to have an open debate. How do you feel about this BlackRock news? Is it a positive catalyst for the market or is it a move towards centralization, which people should be afraid of? It doesn't matter. I talked about this yesterday. I only focus on things I can control. None of us here could control what BlackRock is going to do. In fact, all, all of us are doing here, I guarantee every single one of you, you're all feeding BlackRock, every single one of you, including me, because you're, you're going and you're probably shopping at Walmart. You're using Microsoft products. Everything you're doing on that list, I guarantee you, you're feeding BlackRock. So you can't come on here. Yeah, you're buying Exxon Gas. You probably have Verizon service. You might Maybe you're watching CNN News, but I guarantee you, all of you, uh, are contributing to this. So you can't come on the show and say, oh, yeah, BlackRock, this, but no, no, no. We're all feeding them, okay? So let's just put that out. Now, let's look at what matters. We can't control any of that. I mean, you can. I guess you could You could get everything, single single thing on that list and then not buy a single one of those products. Cancel your cell phone service, throw out all your products in your house, and then, you know, if you're not feeding them, okay. But the point is this. What really matters at the end of the day is they are going to unlock a shit ton of liquidity that's going to flow into this market and we're all here because we want freedom. Well, guess what? Coach says all the time, those who have the money make the rules, get the freedom. Got to have money. Hate to say it. None of us, you know, it's not about the money, but it's about enough money to get freedom. And they're going to flow money into this market, which if we're in the right mindset, we position ourselves so we can we can create generational wealth off of that tsunami of money that's coming in. I don't care where it's coming from. It doesn't matter. So we can create enough wealth for ourselves to get that freedom that we can then give to our friends, our families, and help everybody else here in the academy and anybody else who wants to listen and be helped. That's the main goal here, at least for me. So that's what I'm trying to do. So matters none to me. Could care less if it's grayscale, BlackRock. I don't care. I just welcome regulation. I welcome the institutions flowing money into this. And I welcome all of us getting into it before it happens. So we get the. there's a very simple saying they say about the boats. A high tide raises all boats. And baby, BlackRock's going to bring us a high tide.
A hundred percent, Johnny. And people always complain about manipulation, right? But, but manipulation works to your advantage. I don't hear any complaints. There's a really interesting tweet in this article. Sorry, quote in this article. It says, BlackRock has been conducting work in four key areas of digital assets, permission blockchain, stable coins, crypto assets, and tokenization. That basically covers the entire market. But Selman and, oh, sorry, I want to go to Jackie. Jackie, what does this indicate to you? The fact that BlackRock is not only adopting these assets, but they're actually working on all of these currencies behind the scenes. I mean, we just discussed how they own everything. It's only natural that they want to be in every sector of crypto. Um, so I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, they they have tons of guys, you know, working for them and and looking into every every sector that's that's coming out in cryptocurrency. Just so again, so that they they it's only natural they will be ruler of this industry of this space, and it will carry on into the next into the next um, realm and space. Um, you know, that's if that's how things flow. Um, but that also goes to say, you know, that's not unattainable for other people who put in, um, who put in that same work and that same, um, have that same mindset. You know, these, these people that own, um, these big institutions, they have a certain mindset and, and that's, it's possible for, for everyone to be that way as well. They just have to have that mindset. Yes, Johnny, something interesting that happened this week that stuck out to me was the fact that in the United States, we blacklisted Tornado Cash. And the main problem with Tornado Cash was that North Korean hackers were taking the, the funds that they were collecting from people's wallets, putting them into this service, and then not being able to track where they were where they were receiving those deposits. What caught my attention was that they were penalizing American investors for criminals in North Korea, which are not residing in our nation. So I thought it was an interesting approach because they use that unique case scenario to again, take control of this market. Maybe that's an indicator about where this whole process is going to be going, whether it's central bank digital currencies or the existing decentralized assets, there's going to be more and more constraints about where we can withdraw our funds, regardless of if we own Bitcoin. If you want to turn it into cash, you got to go through a centralized entity. Maybe you can comment on that and the fact that they're using some of these unique situations, which have nothing to do with American investors, to continue to take control of this market. I'm sorry, who are you asking that question to? Was that me? We're going to skip right past Johnny. We'll dive into our next article for today as we have some Ethereum news for our listeners. Ethereum's, let me let me go, Johnny. Ethereum's third and final testnet merge goes live this week. As we've announced some major news, the third and final testnet environment has been launched for Ethereum. This is going to be massive because they are not only reducing the cost of transactions, but they are speeding up the cost of transactions. And the main movement here is to make Ethereum more accessible for the everyday person to build out on decentralized applications. Johnny, I'm going to kick it right back to you, my friend. What does this say to you? Yeah, sorry, I've got a nasty headache. So, uh, you know, just for the tornado casting, listen, there's going to be corruption in, in these things no matter what, in some of these things. There's always going to be bad actors in all of this, even moving forward. So be ready for that. But in terms of this, our Ethereum, you know, making Ethereum easier and making it more available and, and creating apps, I think is going to be the future apps in all blockchains as well. Uh, I'm not surprised. And I think the lower gas fees and the fact that some people already, you know, there are a lot of companies already heavily built into, um, or I should say invested into this platform. You, it's not going to go away. You're going to see, uh, like I said earlier, it's going to coexist. And I think we're going to see multiple players start to share the ecosystem of smart contracts, but it's going to kind of be like, um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. You got Target, you got Walmart, you know, you got kind of like the two big two. I think you're going to have two or three big competitors 
in the space. And I think obviously Ethereum is going to be the king. And then you're going to have Cardano and maybe Solano. And if you're, I don't know why this infection with Solano, but there's a lot of money behind it. And no, Mexi, I didn't party last night <laughs> at all. Far from it. I have no idea why I woke up with a nasty headache. But yeah, I believe that's uh, that's what's going to happen. That's guys. Johnny Crypto is a party animal. Don't let him deceive you. But we're going to kick it to Selman before we go to Jackie. Selman, we've always talked about how if Ethereum's going to die, it's going to be from Water. not evolving with the other assets. This merge is going to be huge, not only for the scalability of Ethereum, but because transactions are going to be so much cheaper. What does this indicate to you about the long-term success of Ethereum? We're actually going to show our listeners a video of how Ethereum was set to succeed by JP Morgan. But before, let's hear your thoughts. First of all, I believe they're watching us because we we have a bet with uh, Gonzo. I believe Flare Network is going to launch before the merge update, and now they're speeding up, right? So um, here's the deal. Ethereum has no other choice. They need to scale Ethereum as much as like as fast as possible because Ripple, Cardano, right, AVAX, Binance Smart Chain, and um, you know Solana. Even though Solana has you know its own issues right now, but like so many L ones are already coming. These layer ones are um, taking a lot of the, its market share away and. They can't just sit and, you know, chill. They definitely need to uh, speed it up. And so, yes, long term, of course, it's going to be, um, you know, better for Ethereum 100%. But I am super convinced that Ethereum is uh, going to give a lot of uh, market share away. Why? Because during this bear market, a lot of projects that you haven't heard of before, they're not out there yet. They are developing. And they're looking for solutions. They're not going to work on Ethereum with these high gas fees. Look at Collecti, for example. We wanted to launch an Ethereum, but then we decided, hey, XRPL, right? So so there are so many big projects we haven't heard of. These guys are going to be crazy. You and I, we're all going to invest in them at some point maybe. And we're going to make 100x returns on them or 1,000x returns. However, uh, you need to understand that these guys are going for AVAX, XRPL, and you know these uh, cheaper blockchains because uh, if we want people from Asia or Africa to invest and be, become part of this ecosystem, it has to be super, super cheap. The entry is just too expensive for Ethereum. So this is why Ethereum, um, I, I'm still going to invest in Ethereum. However, I'm not expecting like, you know, the, the king is dead. The king is dead. XRPL and, and others are taking over. I want to remind our listeners that there's only one currency to ever pass Bitcoin in total market cap. And I'm sure many people would guess, oh, that's got to be Ethereum. It was XRP. But we have 183 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you a currency that we've been talking about throughout this entire month of August. As Polygon is now home to over 37,000 dApps on its network. More than 37,000 decentralized apps have been built on Polygon, the world's leading Web3 innovation platform. That's almost double the number in March and a fourfold increase from the start of the year. The number of monthly active teams clocked at over 11,800 at the month of July, up from 8,000 in March. Alchemy data shows that 74% of teams integrated exclusively onto Polygon, while 26% deployed on both Polygon and Ethereum. We know that Polygon is going to be used as a scaling solution. And before we dive into the details of that, Johnny Crypto, actually, sorry, I want to go to Jackie. Sorry, I keep doing that, Jackie. One of the things that we talk about on this show is how Polygon is going to be used as a scaling network for Ethereum, making it more accessible, reducing the cost of transactions. It's going to be one of these things that we've seen Meta partner with uh, Polygon. We've seen the NFL. We've seen eBay, global brands all over the planet. Why do you think they're choosing Polygon and how do you feel about the tokenomics overall? We've experienced a massive pump from $0.36 cents to $0.95. Cents. 
What's on your mind, Jackie? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people have their eyes on Polygon um, for that scaling solution. Uh, but actually, you know, this is a big um, this is a big sector within the cryptocurrency market that actually our team has been has been on the forefront of this since last year. Um, and kind of the the niche that I'm talking about is EVM um, compatible uh, ZK rollups. And not just ZK rollups, um, sync rollups, anything that is allowed, um, allowing scalability on Ethereum. Um, we there's been uh, partnerships announcements um, in the past with Ethereum, um, looking into things like Scroll, looking into um, Matter Labs, I think it was called, and those types of companies, aside from uh, Polygon Matic, are coming out with these types of solutions, ZK rollup solutions. So I am super bullish on that niche. I've been looking into that niche since last year, um, and I know I know Gonzo's looking into that as well. So I love that our team is like in synchronicity on these types of things. We saw it from early on, so I'm I'm bullish on that niche um, for sure. We we've seen it kind of coming out. Um, if you're active in like Twitter and things like that, a lot of influencers on there, they're kind of looking into that sector as well. So that's something that if you are looking for new projects um, as well, would look into. Um, scaling solutions for ETH. Awesome. And we actually have another update for our listeners here, specifically on Polygon. We talked about many of the global brands that have chosen to use Matic as the network they're building on. We've got a short list here because Uniswap, OpenSea, as well as Lazy.com, which was funded by Mark Cuban, are publicly using Polygon. But we also have Meta, Adobe, Stripe, and many more, not including some of the major brands like eBay, the NFL, and the NBA, who are publicly building on this stuff. Johnny, we talk about Polygon, and we're going to continue to talk about it. What does this indicate to you? Polygon's not going away. I mean, the reality is people wanted access to Ethereum at XRP prices, and that's what that's what Polygon does. Matic allows you to get access, right? So you're using the Ethereum blockchain, but you get it at the pricing at the pricing uh, that everybody wants at and avoid the gas fees. So to me, I look at it as I don't see – uh, it does. It makes total sense, and it's actually one of the key enablers that's going to keep Ethereum alive and maybe save it. Um, I don't disagree with with some in that. Well, maybe I do a little bit. I'm not sure that the king is dead. I think Ethereum is going to people. Are, it's the champ right now, and, and what happens when you're the champ? People come punching at you, right? You're going to get thrown. There's going to be a lot of challengers, and we know that the number one challenger right now is Cardano. We know that they have had the most app development than any other blockchain out there. So Cardano is going to be coming up in the ranks, getting ready to have its championship fight someday with Ethereum, and we'll see how that fight goes. But, uh, again, to me, Maddox is going to be in there. There's going to be yeah, – Maddox a layer two, as you all know, right? It's like somebody actually said it, and they're right. It's a Band-Aid for a layer one. At some point, someone's going to create a brand-new layer one that's even better, um, and I believe that's what Cardano is trying to do. So we'll see where it goes at the end of the day, but I love Polygon. I ain't going to lie. I got Maddox. My bags are packed with it. <laughs> I like it. I'm rooting for it. And I'm bringing Matic with me. So this is great news. And look at all the players. You know, you got to look at this. Not only are those big guys joining, you also got a lot of you. You actually said something very key. You said Mark Cuban had invested uh, one of the companies he's in has pushed to use it. So because these guys believe in it, the big money guys, they're going to start again. Anything they're touched to, they may also direct it just the way someone directed his company to go use XRP instead of Ethereum. These guys may direct their companies to go use Matic because of you know the benefits because they're highly invested in it and they believe in it so yeah this could be a big player i think going forward i like it 
Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we're about to update our listeners on exactly what's going on in the XRP lawsuit as Jeremy Hogan has given an update talking about how we are at a standoff in the lawsuit. We're going to break down some of the details and then we're going to dive into an article talking about how Ripple is continuing with its mergers and acquisitions despite what's going on in the United States. We're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Where I have to deliver bad news for you Ripple fanboys, that takes a long time. And here's how long. The objection to Judge Torres will be fully briefed on or about August 16. Judge Torres moves quickly on to simple rulings, but apparently takes a long time on reasoned opinions where she writes a lengthy order. So far in the Ripple case, we've seen her take at least a month and usually longer on those type of orders. So we are not even going to get her order probably until September at the earliest and maybe even later in the year. Then, assuming Ripple wins, the SEC has to ask Judge Torres to certify the email issue to the Second Circuit, and that has to be briefed, which is a problem because even if Judge Torres realizes this issue is going to mess up her November 15 briefing schedule, she simply cannot push this email issue along fast enough to get all of the SEC's possible options concluded before summary judgment. So one of the things that I watch when I'm listening to Jeremy Hogan is just the fact that the deadlines continue to get pushed down the road. It doesn't look like this lawsuit's going to end anytime sooner. And I think Johnny Crypto is definitely going to have some comments. We'll start there and then we'll kick it to Jackie. Johnny, when we talk about the XRP lawsuit, we know it's setting the stage for the rest of crypto regulation, but this case is taking forever. Me and you behind the scenes have said, we don't expect this thing to be over until at least quarter two of 2023. Why don't you fill our listeners in on what you're watching? Yeah, three words come to mind me whenever I think now lately of this case. Delay, delay, and delay. That's what's going to happen. That's what the SEC is going to continue to do. I'm personally convinced, and nobody has to agree with me, I don't care. I'm personally convinced that this case isn't going to get settled until after regulation. I think regulation is going to come out, and then this case is just going to get settled at some point way down the road. It just feels like there's some other alter alter agenda going on that's just going to the whole game. Let's face it, guys. We, we talked about this a while ago. We said that every single case that has been in front of the SEC typically is settled or complete in, what, 14 to 18 months? <laughs> now, if you go based on what Jeremy just said, and we think, you know, if this happens sometimes next year, we're going to be two and a half years. So, come on. They see. So, we have, a, we have a company, the SEC, who knows how to settle cases in 12 to 14 months, and now we're going on 24 or 50, 30 months. There's something else going on here, guys. We're just smoke this fire. Jackie, we're showing a document right here from Wells Fargo stating that when you look at which digital assets they consider currencies, XRP, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash are under there. I'm not sure why Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash are always considered in these groups. They're always given a free pass. I remember when we were covering, I believe it was XRP in 2018. XRP wasn't listed on Coinbase. The only three coins that were listed on Coinbase were Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. So what does that say to you that XRP is considered a currency by Wells Fargo? I don't know why, um, gosh, I don't even know why Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash are still in the mix. Uh, I just probably because of the length of time that they've been around. I think it allows for, yeah, some sort of trust there, I guess. Um, and your question was? Uh, how interesting is it that Wells Fargo is considering XRP a currency on this document when clearly they're going through a public lawsuit stating they're a security? Yeah, um, I think that is interesting as well. You know, Wells Fargo, it has a ton of validity as far as banking goes. Um, So the fact that they're considering it a digital currency um, versus a security, I don't know, that's just more and more proof um, along the lines of what we've been saying. Um, when, When was this tweeted, actually? I'm curious. August. So that's from yesterday. That's from yesterday. Oh, wow. 
But how old um, is but, but they did a mistake though. They did a mistake under NFTs. I can't see collecting. Probably next <laughs> yeah. And they got mana in there, which actually kind of really doesn't make sense. But how old is this? I know the tweet was yesterday, but do we know how old this picture was? Yeah. I think that was Jackie's question. How uh, does this date back five years ago? Is this come out yesterday? It's uh, a good question. That, oh, it's from a Wells Fargo article this month, is what it says. Oh, okay. Well, this is Just Jeremiah. Shout out to Just Jeremiah. We love you. Yes. Awesome, guys. We're going to kick it to Selman next. Selman, how do you feel about is, the fact Yes, that this is hinting to the future. Yes. Well, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Selman, what do you think about the fact that the lawsuit doesn't appear to be over anytime soon? And what are you anticipating for 2023? We talk about how the lawsuit's probably going to be over after regulation, but is there any chance that this gets done in 2022? Hey, after watching that video, I cackled a little bit. The reason is, I remember Johnny Crypto and I, you know, talked about this uh, last week, I guess. So imagine any other project would already give up and and um, give a certain share or something to the SEC. And in this case, you know, Ripple paid over 100 million. And Johnny said uh, that most likely Ripple is going to uh, lose. Why? Because, you know, SEC has the government behind it and the Fed, the printing machine, right? They could literally take this forever and could pay easily the legal fees Um and, you know, all American citizens are basically paying for it, right? So uh, at some point, even if Ripple is putting so much uh, energy into it, if they lose, then, you know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. However, you see, we watched that video on, when was that? On Tuesday, I guess. And you see literally what these RSWs are really doing. Um, it's just, they want that ownership. Hey, it, before you, be, you know, get the market power, uh, you become the market power. We want to be in there, right? In the seed freight, seed round. So uh, th that's why I cackled. And um, yeah, it's just interesting. And we Someone have what was that? RSW, Rat Snake Weasel. Oh, I know. <laughs> I didn't know we had come up with a, a shortened phrase. <laughs> actually, we didn't. Cryptocurrency. They actually the fans did or the listeners did it. They oh, came really? up with RSW. Can we tokenize that? We're, we're actually thinking of like. Bringing merch out for Johnny, like as collecting and with like RSW. Let's do it. <laughs> so Let's do it. It'll be cool. I'm awesome, sure guys. And we have another here. update for our listeners out there as Ripple customer and the fourth largest payment services provider in China has expanded to the UK to provide cross border payments. We can only imagine that they're going to be using RippleNet here. We continue to see more corridors open up for Ripple. Who cares about the SEC lawsuit, as Johnny Crypto would say? But, Johnny, what does this news say to you before we kick it around the group? Um, you know, in terms of, uh, again, cross-border payments. So, you know, I, and sorry, Abs, I kind of lost the, the beginning of what you were asking here, but I did want to say one thing in terms of the case, you know, when, when someone and I were talking about the case, not, not that Ripple's going to lose, but what I, we feel, what I feel anyway, is that at some point they're going to, you know, someone was saying, oh, they're going to fight it to the end. They're going to go and let the case settle. No freaking way. No way. They're going to end up settling at some point because they have a limited supply of money whereas the government doesn't. So they can't win this. This delay, delay, delay keeps costing Ripple money, right? And we know the SEC too, but who cares? We're footing the bill for that. So yeah, in my opinion, I think what will happen is you will see a settlement at some point between the two sides. Um, there was talk that Ripple actually declined a settlement, which I, you know, I've heard that rumor. I don't know how true it is. But at some point, if that comes up again, I can't imagine that they're going to decline it forever. They're going to run out of money if they do. It wouldn't make sense for them. They're at some point better off taking the settlement, getting beyond the case, and then we're going to see a monster, I think, bullish kick in XRP. 
Awesome. And we actually have some positive news for our Ripple XRP holders out there. As Ripple's interested in buying up Celsius distressed assets, Ripple is reportedly interested in buying assets from bankrupt crypto lending platform Celsius. A spokesperson for Ripple said that the company was looking to see if there was any synergy between it and Celsius assets. We're interested in learning about Celsius and its assets and whether any of them could be relevant to our business. Ripple has continued to grow exponentially and is looking for more market and acquisitions opportunities to strategically scale the company. Last month, Celsius filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and the company revealed $1.19 billion deficit on its balance sheets between its assets and its liabilities. We're going to dive into some quotes from the CEO talking about how he gave some false claims, stating not only were all these assets insured and secured, but they were going to be easily accessible. All of those claims were proven false. Let's start off with Selman G. Selman, we're looking at Ripple, even though they're being sued in the United States, they're opening new corridors all over the world, and they're actually expanding and absorbing smaller firms. What does that say to you about what's going on with Ripple and how they may be poised to survive this bear market? You know, when I saw this news update, I was immediately sending it in our group chat, right? Because this is huge. I, I, it's it's amazing because you see that um, everybody's, of course, all, all eyes are on the um, lawsuit, but Ripple doesn't really give a F. They, you know, they have a team that solves that. They're still building, they're developing. We have the Apex Summit in Vegas next month. So everybody's getting prepared for that. So there is a lot of things going on. And what they do with that, with the merger and acquisition now, this is amazing. Like if they want to get Celsius, you can expect them to become kind of like that exchange like ftx right buying everything BlockFi, this and that becoming bigger uh kind of like it feels like ripple is trying to become the ne next grayscale here in this uh, in this market so uh, it's just a bullish um update that means ripple is really trying really giving or putting so much energy into expand in expansion that's all Johnny Crypto, we saw that they opened up a new firm in Toronto. They just took out a five-year lease in San Francisco. Now they're looking to absorb Celsius crypto assets. People are talking about how this lawsuit's costing them a lot of money. Well, it's not stopping them from growing. What does this say to you, Johnny? Well, first of all, can you scroll back in that article? I was trying to check something. It, 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 did it say there Celsius was um, a little bit further down? It was saying there, uh, yeah, right there. And in New York based bank. Oh, because what I'm trying to figure out is Celsius a US based company? It says that in New York court. So I, I don't know if they're a US based company. Because if they are, you know, I, I find this very fascinating that Ripple already has a problem with the SEC and then they go and buy another company that, you know, deals with um, uh, coins or assets that could also be questionable whether the securities are. are commodities so it just like seems like they're opening them themselves for uh more pain if um if they're planning on running celsius as the way celsius ran now if they're looking to just pick the bones as somebody here said here maybe just pick up some stuff on the cheap and not operate celsius the way it was originally operating that's a different story and i think that's what's unclear you know they actually talked about in the at least in the beginning of the article we were showing that they were looking to see if there's synergies that doesn't mean um, that they necessarily want to reopen Celsius back up again. It, it may just mean that maybe there's certain elements of it that improve their business or make it more efficient. So I don't know. I don't know what it means, but if they want to actually operate and run Celsius and it's a U.S.-based company and it's dealing with securities, <laughs> it's just that just is not, I don't think, something that Ripple, it doesn't sound like a smart move for me to make if you're Ripple and you're trying to figure out what the, you know, you're already in court because of a security issue. Um, but, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what the long-term plan is and how this plays out. 
but they've got a shit ton of money. It won't be surprising to me if they do pick up pick up the bones here for cheap, cheap. And something else we'll be keeping an eye on is if their CEO is held accountable for the statements he made around Celsius. He repeatedly promised customers in the public videos and messages that their funds were safe, that Celsius had adequate capital reserves and robust risk management protocols, and that users could withdraw their coins at any time. Every single one of those claims turned out to be false. Jackie, what does that say to you? Uh, yeah, that doesn't look good at all. Um, uh, yeah, John- good. this guy should be in freaking jail. <laughs> he should be in jail. Um, they are based in the U.S. Their headquarters are in New Jersey. Just just looking that up. Um, so so that um, this it's I think this is a statement um, put out by Ripple. Uh, they handled this market well. Right. Um, and continuing to absorb and, and scale is, you know, that's a big thing. That's a big deal. And that looks good for them, especially in the midst of this case. Um, when, when most eyes should be on the companies that completely over leveraged themselves and screwed a ton of people over, you know, it's just so funny that they are, um, you know, one of the biggest cases is regarding a company that's actually trying to help investors and, and, you know, actually looking to do buyouts and scale and actually, you know, do something in the space. So it's just funny how you weigh those two sides. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love what they're doing, and I I think it is a statement that they are making. Very cool. And we're going to dive into what may be our last article for today. we got 170 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Give that like button a nice little tap for us on this beautiful Thursday. We're showing you a very cool article stating that there's only 100 days left to use your paper notes for the Bank of England. Starting on September 20th, 2022, the status of paper notes that are 20s and 50s will no longer be considered legal tender. Now, this is a little bit misleading. So what they're doing here is they're actually turning their paper cash into polymer bills. But I do think the headline is what caught my eye. I've seen many other crypto influencers talking about how we're moving away from cash and they can use whatever excuse they'd like replacing these bills with plastic bills. Sure. But at the end of the day, we know we're switching digital and this is another move in that direction. Selman, I see you got some comments. What does this article say to you? Hey, this is this is crazy. Like, you know, James XRP uh, on Twitter tweeted like the other day when he came back to, uh, from the UK that he couldn't find cash. Literally everywhere he went, he had to pay. That's a statement. He said everywhere I went, literally you can't you can't pay with cash like they want you to or you don't get even cash like that you, you can pay with a digital money like with your credit card only and you know now getting this kind of news update tells me they're slowly trying to introduce you to the new uh, world order where you have credit cards digital money right or cryptocurrencies at some point so that you don't have um you know any cash left and you know recently two days ago you uh showed our listeners and watchers uh the um the the summit government summit that was in Abu Dhabi, I guess. And you know, blockchain is the next big thing, right? And they want to have more. They want to have more clarity. Nope, they want want to have more control. So they need you to feel like cash is trash. Cash is dirty. Please use your digital, like your credit card, to pay um, because of you know the pandemic, etc. So this is a big, big update, guys. It's scary. Selman, I actually had an eye-opening experience this week. I scratched the SIM card on my phone and didn't have a phone for a couple of days. And oh my goodness, did I feel disconnected. 
it, it's inevitable. If they roll out these these new technologies and say, hey, hey, abs, you're going to need a chip in your hand to now pay for your groceries. I could resist it as much as I'd like. But one thing I can't deny is that the masses are going to adopt this new technology. And we have to make a decision whether we want to operate within these new confines or if we want to be excluded from these technological evolution. And, you know, it's pretty interesting as crypto people to be so averse to technology innovation when it comes to payments. But I do want to kick it to Johnny. Johnny, we've talked about this move away from cash. We know central bank digital currencies are coming. What does this banknotes article mean to you? This is how they do it. Very slow, very methodically slow, little by little. They take little pieces away. They don't just say like, okay, the world's going to stop using cash on a particular date and tomorrow the date and boom, it's over. No, it's going to happen slowly over many, many years. They'll start phasing out cash. They've been doing it for years. That's when they moved us to the credit card, right? And that kind of, that eliminated, I mean, I went from, I remember, well, a lot of you guys weren't even born when credit cards came out, but I remember when credit cards came out, I don't know, mid eighties or something. I remember going from having cash in my wallet all the time to uh, all of a sudden having less cash because I had a credit card and I could use a debit card right on my bank. And so over time, I, I like now that I barely have any cash in my wallet. Most people don't. Most people use credit cards, right? So that was the transition. Now this is the next phase of it. And there'll be another phase and there'll be another phase. And within my guess is 10 to 20 years, there won't be any more cash availability. Maybe even less than that. I could be wrong. But I think um, this is just the, the early sign. Uh, I don't want to say early signs, but just additional uh, you'll probably start to see other countries adopt this as well. I think we'll be the last to follow, but uh, but I think you'll start to see it happening all over globally. It's awesome. Sad. We're actually going to close out our video today with something pretty unique. We are going to show you guys, first of all, 170 live listeners, smash that like button. We're showing you a video of several Bitcoin maximalists. We've been accused of being Bitcoin maximalists. Well, after watching a video like this, I think you're going to decide that we are a pretty biased group. They are talking about how Ripple not only has no real-world utility, but how Bitcoin is the only solution to our economic problem. I completely disagree, but with a couple minutes left in this episode, we're going to let this clip play and get some brief comments from the group. Here we go. Think about how I got into the industry, right? Mal Gox, yeah. the Bitcoin Foundation, and then you know Ripple and my crusade against Ripple. Mm -hmm. Three years out of the SEC, by the way, and of course now it's the current SEC chair. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> But are they actually doing anything with Ripple? It exists for like any purpose. Is Ripple the company doing anything with Ripple? Or well, I, I mean, I conflate if Ripple and XLP is the same. Yeah, yeah. Even well, I, yeah. I mean, no, so, so do I. But I just for for yeah. clarity and conversation. Clarity. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I mean, it's. I think it's tough for them too. Now, here, here's the thing. Um, you know, the first critical piece. I mean, I, I got much more critical once I started to dig into it, you know, in, in 2018 and, and figure out how they were doing their treasury sales versus their marketing for XRP. That's when it started to, like, I started to get a little bit crazy. So that's really interesting, Johnny. We only got a couple minutes left, but I do want to hear from you. He talked about the treasury sales and we've always referenced the escrow and what Ripple's doing behind the scenes. There's been rumors of a private ledger. We know that doesn't exist because the XRP and the private ledger is directly correlated to the XRP and the public ledger. What does this say to you, Johnny, that the Bitcoin maximalists, they don't see any utility in crypt in XRP, and they're also they're not advocates for it. You know, at the end of the day, again, I don't really care whether you're a maximalist, a minimalist, a gay, this, whatever the hell you are. It doesn't really matter to me. I think at the end of the day, some of these <laughs> some of these technologies have real world solves, and you're always going to have. You know, it's like it's like uh, I can't even say this on the air, but it's kind of like you know. <laughs> 
what's the old saying? <laughs> Opinions are like a-holes, right? Everybody has one. So he's got one, too. He's welcome, and he's entitled to it. And if he doesn't think Ripple's real, that's okay. He doesn't have to. It's totally all right. Uh, we know that there's going to be a place, I think, for Bitcoin in certain people's minds and how it's going to be leveraged. And then there's going to be a place for Ripple and how that's going to be used and all these other technologies. So with that said, we are going to run over uh, one hour. But anyway, it looks like, you know, so in that case, I would just say that, you know, anybody out there trying to navigate the space and try to figure it out, don't, you don't have to go it alone. Click on the links below. You can come check out the Warrior Academy. We've got a free uh, Discord you can join if you want to level up and actually join the Academy. You get access to all of us and the whole entire community there. We have some really, really super smart people in this community. That in the, sometimes they answer before we even can. It's so awesome to be surrounded by a tribe where you don't have to go this alone. You don't have to try to figure this stuff out alone. Articles like this and what it really means. You know, We have these kind of conversations there at the Academy, so come and check that out. Um, I, it's really, really awesome. But yeah, I wouldn't get hung up on what he thinks. It doesn't matter what he thinks. Abs. Thank you, Johnny. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Jackie. And thank you to Selman G. We will see you guys in less than 24 hours. We start a little bit late, so it's about 22 and a half hours until you'll see us again. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, Six thirty PM Eastern. Join Collecti's Discord. We're gonna have another gaming session. It's gonna be so much fun. Let's go. Let's go.